Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Recently, two researchers, Catherine Wade from the University of Sydney and Julie Green from the University of Melbourne, wrote about how a child's well-being goes hand-in-hand with their dad's mental health. For many years, we focused on the mental health of mothers, telling women to put themselves first, to look after themselves. But becoming a parent is a hugely transitional time for both mums and dads, and these researchers say it's time we took dad's mental health more seriously. Richard Fletcher is an associate professor at the Family Action Centre at the University of Newcastle. He's been talking about dads and their mental health for years now. Hi, Richard. How are you? Hi there. I'm good, thanks. Why do you think fathers and their mental health has not been on the, the agenda in the past? Well, I think both the services who support families around that time and the dads themselves see their role as supporting the mum. And so they were expected to be, you know, strong, reliable, uh, like a rock for the family. And people assumed that their needs would be taken care of somewhere else. And you've been working in this field for many years and talking a lot about dads and postnatal depression. I'm assuming that over the past 10, 20 years, things have changed. But it, on some levels, it doesn't seem like it's changed a lot. Is, is that what you see? What kind of differences do you see between, say, the last 20 years and today? I think, well, the, the research and the science has changed so that I think we now have good evidence that if the father is depressed... Uh, in the first year, for example, after the birth, then that has an effect on children who are in that family. Babies will be affected irrespective of how the mum is. And that's what we knew a long while ago for mums. For example, we published research in 2011 which showed that if the dad had symptoms of depression in the first year, then the children of those fathers were three times as likely to have behaviour problems when they got to preschool. And that sort of evidence that we have now, not just from that study that we did, but from many others, paints a different picture than the one we had 20 years ago, which said that really it was the mother and her emotional health, her mental health, that mattered to babies. And, And it's something of a surprise still to both fathers and to health workers to think, well, if dad's depressed we ought to be looking at him we ought to be trying to support what he does to get better quickly rather than just assume he'll he'll soldier on and worry about the mum. Does that surprise you the lag between the research and then the actual understanding of where mental health is at for dads? Well it's not surprise frustrating because (laughs) when you talk to practitioners it's not that they disagree with the research. The research isn't controversial. There isn't a lot of big argument about whether that's the right figure to put on it. What's difficult to see from a service point of view is, I mean, if you talk to any health workers and you ask them, do you have enough to do? Uh, of course, they say yes. <laughs> yes. They, they don't want to double their workload and, and try and deal with the dads as well as the mums. I think as well as that, though, there has been that sense with, of... They're so used to talking to mothers and dealing with mothers that it is a big shift to introduce how you might talk to fathers. 
and most of the workforce, for example, are women in that area. And, of course, they have fathers and often are uh, in a relationship with a father. So it's not that they don't know anything about fathers, but their professional experience is usually with mothers. Is there um, any... I mean, that sounds like a situational thing in a way that the way people have traditionally looked at this issue has been around women and how you talk to women. But is there gender stereotyping in that as well, in the idea that men aren't comfortable talking about mental health or that people see men as the rock in the family when a new baby comes along? Are there those sorts of stereotypes at play? There are, and I think they're in um, men's heads as well. Uh, father's heads like uh, myself when I had my first babies. Uh, it's it's a big thing to say, I need help here. And when you talk to fathers, for example, around that time, and you say, well, you know, fathers can get depression as well, and that has an effect on the baby, they do respond sometimes by saying, well, yeah, that might be true, but really she's the one that's gone through it all. She's the one that's carried the baby. Maybe when she's sorted out, then then I'll be able to uh, think about what I need. And health workers notice that, that often dads do be very supportive for the mum, especially if she's got uh, mental health issues. And then when she's recovering, that's when they then say, actually, I'm not coping either. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Richard Fletcher. He's an associate professor at the Family Action Centre at the University of Newcastle, and he's been doing work in the area of dads and postnatal depression and their overall mental health for many years now. And we're talking about postnatal depression for dads and why in the past it hasn't really been on the agenda or on the um, radar, I guess, for health workers and for parents alike. Richard, you were just talking then about how dads will say, oh, but she went through it all. She, you know, carried the baby, birthed the baby, went through all that. They're possibly breastfeeding. So motherhood in that sense can look very physical and the man can say, well, I didn't do any of that. What is the transition to parenthood like for dads? Well, it's um, in a way you think what dads are good at uh, and the way we think of ourselves is often as problem solvers. And I think the main thing about becoming a father is that there's an awful lot of new problems to solve. The baby is, a, is an unknown factor and dads often don't have much experience of managing uh, newborns and that's partly a social thing. And then there's the relationship to figure out too with the mother. So that's a new relationship you've got really because now you've got a baby that's different than the one you had before you had a baby. So there's all this discovery and we are in a time warp in a sense that the dads who have babies now say they're the average age for Australia is about 33. So if you think what the world was like 33 years ago when these dads were born, there weren't discussions like this, the one we're having now. There weren't antenatal classes. We've been running antenatal classes for fathers now for a few years, but 33 years ago there weren't any. And so the world's changed. And that means that the dads who are having babies now, having their first baby, they can't really ask their dad for advice in that way. They can't say, well, what did you do when I was born? Well, what he did when you were born was probably quite different. There Mm. weren't any antenatal classes for dads. There wasn't dads pushing prams. These things weren't available to fathers. So it is figuring it out in a way from scratch for the new dads. 
What does postnatal depression look like in dads? What are the signs? Well, the signs are the classic signs of depression in that you changes in your appetite, in your enjoyment of life, uh, in your being able to make decisions. And also for men, sometimes excessive work focus or being irritable and grumpy. And in a way, this is not an easy thing to assess because both mothers and fathers are usually very tired. And all of those things happen when you're tired. Yes. So that isn't surprising in a way. But I think the evidence we have now says that there's probably ways that men express depression differently. It's not that they have depression differently. And inside the biochemistry of it uh, isn't that different. But the way men express what's happening to them might be by focusing a lot on on work and of course this is a time when men do work a lot because the income from the family's usually gone down the mum's either on maternity leave or not working and he's then working extra hours or trying to work for extra income to make up for that but some of the dads I've talked to who've been in programs we've run for dads when the mum has postnatal depression have said well actually it's easier to go to work and stay there you know than to deal with her being uh, miserable and unhappy at work and the baby's not doing well, really it's easier to stay at work than to come home. And of course that's a, that's a really um, difficult situation for them and a terrible decision because by and large that's not going to help. Him staying at work is not going to be the best outcome for the baby. How do you break through to dads? I mean, this is the, your work you've been doing, Richard, isn't it? I mean, how do you get through to dads so that they can be aware that what they're feeling can be treated? Well, our efforts in that way have been uh, frustrated in times past too because we've tried various ways, getting dads to come to programs and things like that, emailing dads. The program we're running now called SMS for Dads uses the fact that most dads have phones and look at their phones all the time and carry them with them and that if you text a dad a short message, that is not the same as asking him to talk to a counsellor or to go to a website and complete a program. There's something attractive, we think, about the idea of short messages that arrive on your phone. So we have a project running in a number of places where dads get messages from about 20 weeks in the pregnancy, three or four messages a week. And those messages are very brief. And they say to dads things like, Dad, uh, there's a lot of noise in here, but I can hear you now. And that's before the birth. You know, at about 30 weeks, the baby can hear the dad talking. So we we encourage the dad to talk to the baby. The messages come from the baby, although, Mm. of course, they don't literally. Um, <laughs> that would be advanced science. That would be. And the dads appreciate that. They comment about how that helps them think about the baby. And other messages are about the relationship. So it might say, um, tell your wife she's doing a great job. That might be important to her right now. And so dads get that message on their phone while they're at work. And the, what they tell us is that that reminds them that even though everything at work is in the front of their brain there is this other half of their life which is really important and it's happening at home and it keeps them in touch with what's going on there. How long can postnatal depression last? Because there are people who talk about, you know, um, mothers who have children who are up to five years of age and have, haven't really dealt with 
their postnatal depression or it's kind of flowed on from the birth of their children. In your view, how long can it last for men? Well, that's one thing I don't think we know. Uh, Like the research on mothers has gaps in it and we're not sure about some things. Uh, But the research on fathers has a lot more gaps and that's one of them. Uh, We've got evidence about it, you know, in the first 12 months. But really, we don't know what percentage of those dads go on if, if it's untreated. And treatment isn't that different from what happens to mums, and, and it isn't that more difficult. Like, really, we have good success with treating depression. So it isn't something that's going to be uh, impossible to fix. But in order for it to be fixed, usually you have to talk to somebody. And that's another important thing. If I could just go back to those messages that we put links in those messages that then the dad reads the message and then clicks on the link and that sends him to a website that we've identified as a non-profit website that will help him in whatever way with parenting or, or mental health and so on. And I think that's something that dads say that really Google doesn't help because if you put something into Google, you get two million websites to look at. And how on earth are you going to tell which of those are trustworthy. So I think, to go back to your question about how long does the depression last, it can last if it's untreated for uh, oh, for a long time. We know that from general work on depression, uh, and fathers wouldn't be any different. Richard, it's also interesting. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. A pleasure. That was Richard Fletcher. He's an associate professor at the Family Action Centre at the University of Newcastle. And if you'd like any more information about the programs he was talking about, such as SMS for Dads, we'll pop a link up to his website on ours. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website, Just head to kindling.com.au.